Welcome to Hold Up, a podcast where we discuss the only show that has ever aired on Yahoo streaming service. My name is Hudson, and I use they, them pronouns, and my co-host is Grace. Hey, Grace. Hi, Hudson. Uh, how's it going? It's all right. Um, I'm in the middle of moving, so uh, things are a little chaotic in my home, but the episode we watched today was a nice uh, break from all the packing I've been doing. How are you? Good. I'm going to be on the verge of moving, so... Uh... I feel like your mis- your current misery is my future misery. Yeah, and it's going to be even colder when you move because uh, uh, in New York right now, it's in the 60s despite being uh, mid-November, and I can't imagine what early January in Toronto is like. Uh, it's like, you know, Toronto, Canada's, Canada does get really bad winters. The thing about Toronto is that it's like, uh, it's more like a slushy winter, you know? It's like cold and slushy more than like cold and snowy. Uh, when you get outside the city. So uh, that sounds like even more of a nightmare to be yeah. moving in, uh, co- cold and slushy. Um, but yeah, that's like what a Toronto winter is kind of like, is just wet and miserable and cold. So Yeah, uh, no fun. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about something a little bit more recent. Um, the television com- show community, which first aired in 2009, and we're specifically talking about um, the episode Queer Studies and Advanced Waxing. I totally got the name of the episode wrong last up- last time. I-, I thought it was called Gay Dean because throughout the episode, uh, a Dolly Parton uh, parody song called Gay Dean plays, and I just assumed that was the name. <laughs> no, no, that's... Uh... Yeah, but the shows are always... Like, every episode is... I mean, I... You know, I don't. I wouldn't remember what the, I won't remember what this episode is called in a week, um, but all the episodes are like class ti- class titles. So, um, what is it? What is it called again? Advancing <laughs> queer, queer studies advanced. and advanced waxing. Uh, we're only going to be focusing on the queer studies part of that, though. <laughs> yeah, the other half of this episode was, you know, not much to to chat about. Uh, were you a community fan? Yes, I I definitely was a big fan from the beginning. I started watching right from the first episode, which was kind of a disappointing episode because I was a big um, fan of The Soup and was pretty excited to see Joel McHale actually acting in something. What about you? Yeah, I was a huge community fan. I I loved the like Thursday night um, NBC comedy stuff. Like my my the first show I like feel like I really fell in love with was The Office. And so then I just wanted to watch everything that was like, you know, on on Thursday nights. So 30 Rock, Parks and Rec and Community that those four. I can't believe those four shows aired at the same time Mm -hmm. at one point, Um, like a blockbuster, um, you know, two hours of television. But Community was was great. It was so different than a lot of the other stuff that was on at the time. It was so uh, meta uh, and at the same time, like heartwarming and just genuinely funny that I, I fell in love with it pretty quickly i think for a lot of people that paintball episode is the episode where you're like oh this is what this show is and like yeah i think it took some time to find its feet but once it did it's some of like the best tv i've i've seen it's so good yeah i i remember after the office ended though like they could never fill in that fourth episode slot like it'd always be like some random bad show like outsourced or uh... outsourced i remember outsourced (laughs) do you remember um a to z which was uh the girl she's she was um spoiler alert i think she was the the mom and how i met your mother like she turned out to be the mother it was like her sitcom and it was like her dating someone so it like started with her dating someone who started with a and then b and then c oh my god etc uh a to a to z or as we would call in canada a to z but they didn't get to 26 episodes of that. no i think it got canceled to like five so (laughs) yeah they couldn't fill out that they couldn't fill out that two hour slot yeah, I remember there was like a bunch of like shows that were trying to model after community also. Like they would be like a diverse group of people in a setting, like in like an AA meeting or um in like an office. Like it was always like like I felt like it was like one jaded guy and then a bunch of di- like white guy and a bunch of diverse yeah. people. Um like there was one with a Matthew white guy Perry. to center and ground the television show. Otherwise, how could people relate to it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and none of them, you know, went anywhere because I think, you know, none of them had, uh, you know, the oomph that community did. Dan Harmon is a very, very talented guy, despite some of his not so great personal mm. uh, aspects. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this this episode um, is like all the way in season six. So the show had been canceled by NBC and uh, Yahoo Streaming, which was a thing decided to pick it up for its sixth season to, you know, allow the um, six seasons and a movie mantra to slightly come true. Um, 
Do you think and we'll get, do you think we'll get the movie? I think so now that it's on Netflix. I feel like them yeah. putting it on Netflix was like them dipping their toes into seeing what the interest level is like, um, you know, five years after the show's ended. I think I think we'll get a movie. Like, how soon we get the movie, I don't know. Like, if you look at, like, they're re- but they're, like, rebooting, like, Saved by the Bell. Like, I think eventually at some point they'll be like, we could do a movie. So I think we'll get it. Yeah, I think, like, it was, it's been on Hulu forever, but, like, so many people I know have Netflix in the U.S. and not Hulu and, like, have been just watching it for the first time. I've been getting ads, like, in, like, my Instagram feed for Community. Like, they're really pushing it right now on Netflix. Uh, Canadians don't have Hulu either, so I think oh. we came to Canada. This would be the first time people really ha- in Canada had a way to sort of access it uh, again. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it has you know all the way up to season six, and I think Hulu didn't have season six because it wasn't on NBC anymore. Um, so this episode, I think, was kind of lost to time for a little bit. Like you could watch it on Yahoo for a little bit. Like I remember watching stuff on the yahoo streaming service and it was like not even a good service it was like using yahoo's proprietary video service which sucked already and then and like try and then did ads like you know hulu does so um i'm not surprised you know they got canceled after that as well as that you know yahoo kind of went down um the drain like less than a year later <laughs> yeah but we got we got one last season i've, I've yeah. really watched the full six season uh, as a whole, I, I think I started, but I, I sort of fell off of it. It was it was very strange that to see the cast here because I, mm-hmm. you know obviously I knew that a lot of people had left, but um, pretty pretty pared down cast here. Yeah, no more, no Shirley, no Troy, and no Pierce. I mean, Pierce and Troy both left in the beginning of season five, and Shirley at the beginning of season six, and they filled them in with um, the guy who's a voiceover actor for video games who plays the like the older gentleman in the the show now See, didn't um wasn't uh, the guy from uh Jonathan Banks was in season 5 was he not Jonathan Banks <laughs> is uh uh Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad and yes. Better Call Saul Yes he was like a, a a teacher of sorts um and then he left after season 5 he was he was pretty good he was like a good foil for for Abed I think um, and I feel like we're losing people because we're both community nerds yeah, and I, <laughs> I don't imagine everyone has seen every episode of community who's watching this. But um, for those who don't know, community is a uh, the like the shell of the show is like it's about a study group um, at a community college called in the co- college is called Greendale. And that's how the show started. And it kind of turned into this. Like, maybe you can explain it better, but like kind of like a. Um, it kind of was like a meta analysis of like um, pop culture in general and made like a lot of like kind of um, homages to other movies and other um, types of making television. So like there's like an episode that parodies, well not even parodies, but like does like a, a send up of Goodfellows. And there's one that's like a, a documentary style in like The Office or Parks and Rec. And then there's one that's like the Ken Burns documentary style. So uh I think people loved it because they were able to like go from different, like from one type of um, style to another type of style really easily and like keep the show, you know, like the continuity going. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's like the, I think people's love for the show is that it was a very, a very well written, like it was, it was meta. It took on these like, you know, sort of uh, doing a satire of, of some sort of other pop culture, but at the same time, its characters were sort of grounded in 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 the world. And um, there's some really interesting stuff actually um, on on YouTube, like um, you know, video essays on on why Dan Harmon's uh, like his his style of storytelling, and he sort of believes in uh, if you ever heard of like the hero's journey. Um, he, he really uses a lot of that, although he pairs it down into the story circle. Um, and, and yeah, and it's part of the reason also why the show sort of fourth season, I think Dan Harmon, there's a lot, I think the other thing people are really interested in the show is, is there was so much controversy behind the Mm -hmm. scenes, um, that paired with the fact that it wasn't getting like huge ratings, um, always led to like this turmoil of whether it would be canceled or not. Uh, And they eventually let Dan Harmon go and the fourth season is sort of considered 
like easily the worst season of the of the show um and then he returned for season five and it sort of returns to its uh, glory but like you know there's a claymation episode a claymation christmas episode which like it, it sounds ridiculous but it also like is tied into like a very emotional story um with with one of the characters abed um that it 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 just makes sense in the world of community so yeah. that's why people sort of fell in love with it yeah, and the, the fan base was was huge even in the early like you know two thousand nine two thousand ten. It never got its own like television without pity section, but like there was a forum you could talk about. It, it was just like one thread in a forum that you could talk about the show on. And like I remember, people would make suggestions for the show, like they should do this, and it would show up in the show. So like, yeah. so Abed like has a mental breakdown, and it it it, it turned it's a uh a, the the claymation episode, and someone wrote right after the episode air i want to see the other side where everyone's pretending to be claymation with abed and then there was a a send-up of clip shows where they showed things that never actually aired on the tv they were all but uh they were all based on you know things that had happened to the characters and they showed a scene of them pretending to be in claymation like yeah, that's great so that was cool i was like oh my god they read the forum that i <laughs> that i you know comment on yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um but, but yeah, no, Dean, I mean, Dean is Dean Pelton is one of my favorite TV characters of all time. And this episode is really, um, you know, it's a it's a bottle episode, not a bottle episode, that's the wrong term. But like, it's, you know, it's a it's a Dean Pelton episode um, focused on on the Dean. And the Dean is just great. And I think what I loved about the Dean from like sort of the first moments you sort of get a glimpse of the Dean's personality is that it's just so like yep this is me this is the dean it's nothing it's like obviously it's about outlandish and the way sort of people are reacting to the dean you know people are sort of like oh like what's going on but like almost not really like dean will just like you know the dean showing up to a halloween episode in like the best lady gaga uh halloween costume of all time is just sort of like, yeah, that's 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 Dean Pelton. Um, he just like sort of gets to be who he is, which I think this episode is really, uh, you know, it's fascinating to sort of delve into the brain. You really get to, you know, uh, see what, what Pelton is thinking. But um, such a fun character and so unique. I don't think you see a lot of Dean Peltons on TV. Yeah, and um, the funniest thing I read, I think, um, from uh, an article from The Week, which was titled How Communities Dean Pelton Broke uh, New Ground uh, like for sexual politics on television. Um, we'll link that in the show notes. Um, they said this episode is a meta of the audience, you know, asking to have the Dean sexuality defined. Um, and like, it just, it just shows you like that this show is only going to address the sexuality in a way that is meta in nature, because that's just kind of the whole point of the series. And it is a very meta episode because it it it, it talks you know it, it's kind of talking about like the the model minority in terms of being the model gay person because the entire plot of the episode for dean pelton is he needs to pretend to be gay which he's not but he he is in the lgbt spectrum uh you know um however he defines it um and there he's being told to be gay so that uh people you know have like a gay representative on like a school board and it makes him uncomfortable because he's not gay and the show is saying look this character is not gay he is queer but we're not going to you know give you the satisfaction of actually defining his sexuality i love i love it i think it's i think it's great it's like um i never thought about it as like um being meta in in the in the sense of like people wanting to know what the dean's like uh, people viewing the show wanting to know what the dean's sexuality is but that makes a lot of sense now that we're talking about it but i think what i really loved and why i thought you know, this was a really fitting, you know, uh, end to our first season was so I talked so much about, you know, the palatable way in which gay people are introduced on TV, that it, it's it's like safe and um, not too outlandish or sometimes, you know, and the Dean is just like that's sort of the joke in this episode is that like um, we need someone where it's easy for them to understand. So if you just say you're gay. And then you could be like the face, uh, you know, the gay face of the school board, then, okay, that like problem solved. Right. And it's just like, he's so uncomfortable with that notion. Um, I just love it. It's so different than everything else we've watched in the way that like queer people are represented. 
Oh, yeah, and there are some terrific good. lines. There are some yeah. terrific lines about sexuality in this episode. Uh, my two favorite is, if coming out is a magic show and gayness is a rabbit coming <laughs> yeah. out of a hat, yeah. I'm one of those never-ending handkerchiefs. <laughs> and the other one where he says, I make gayness look like Mormonism. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Oh, uh, man, I love the Dean. I love him. Yeah. yeah, and, like, it's, you know, like, like he's he has been a queer character since pretty much the first season like not the first episode but even in the first season there was like a joke where he goes like oh i go both ways but he was talking about um impartial partiality in like a like a a, like a student um behavior like you know like a a case about someone's cheating on a test uh (laughs) and you know and it, it continued you know, all the way through the season, this was never something that was like a, a joke. But they they milked it for all it was worth, and he was ne- his sexuality was never the butt of the joke because he's like so comfortable, you know, being who he is. So that when people do do things like call him like a pansexual imp or call him a fruit, it's not something that he takes like a like as a, an offense. He's like, no, that doesn't explain who I am. Yeah, I think what I love about the dean is like. The Dean is like a really good representation of where like I, I like in terms of his comfortableness in who he is and the things in life that he loves. Uh, it's like where I aspire to be. That may sound weird, but it's just like he's so comfortable. And I want that's like what I want other people to like feel like. Right. It's just like I have this like sense of like when I am you know, traveling on public transit as like a trans woman and like, I want to dress more feminine that day. I'm like, so, um, you know, I have so much anxiety and so much, like whatever. I wish I could just be like, this is me. There's this person who I see on the, they, they get on, on the same bus stop all the time. They, they present very masculine, like, like their entire presentation is very masculine, except they wear knee high, like uh, high heel boots. And I'm just like, they're so like, maybe they're not confident. They're like, maybe they're very anxious about doing that in public, but they do it anyway. But every time I see that person, I'm like, yeah, that's so awesome. And it's just like, kind of like where I like would like to be. Um, And the Dean is like the, the like most extreme version of that, of just like being who they are and just like letting the world like figure it out. Like, you know, may you may like look at me a little weird but like i don't really care right like i just i just love it yeah and like the dean himself is not like a model gay person or model queer person like he like likes he like definitely has like group sex and is like not ashamed about it um like there's an episode where he's dressed in a bee costume and everyone else is dressed in a costume because they're doing like a psa at a uh, a middle school and Annie says, oh, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't know you wanted to be in. He's like, oh, no, this I I have, I have plans at, at like a motel near yeah. the airport. Um, <laughs> like he just doesn't care what people think about him. And he and yeah, he just like is just so open. And it's just like it's just another facet of his personality. Like the fact that he wears, you know, white sh- short sleeve button downs every single day, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and is in love with like has some sort of fascination with Dalmatians. Yes, yes, that was so. <laughs> that was a great thing that like one episode in season one, he's watching a video of like a sexy, not a Dalmatian, a person in a Dalmatian suit, yes. dancing, and then he's like, "I hope this doesn't do anything to me." And I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a very meme. It's, I've seen it a lot. In, it's, I hope this doesn't awaken anything. In me. <laughs> yes, yes. And then like a, a Dalmatian poster shows up in his <laughs> office at some point, and in the yeah. season finale, he has the uh, the stereotypical two dates show up to the dance issue, but they're both people in Dalmatian suits. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's uh, so good. Uh, <laughs> I just laugh so much just thinking about the show is like if you're ever watch the show and you like if you like the shows that like showed up on a, on NBC in the mid 2000s do yourself a favor and put it on like distract yourself from everything going on in this world and watch this show the first season is good it like like Ray said it had to find its feet and when it does it's just beautiful yeah it's so good yeah um <laughs> So, like, one of the first things that I, you know, thought of when I was seeing this part of the episode where it kind of has the song Gay Dean playing, which is Jolene by uh, Dolly Parton, but Gay Dean, Gay Dean is how it goes. And uh, there's, like, him on the cover of a bunch of magazines. 
and it made me think of like uh mayor pete uh who you know ran for president this year and uh just kind of like mayor pete was on like you know magazines as like the first openly gay person to ever run for president and how he kind of had to be the model gay person like he had to be you know a uh in a monogamous relationship married to his partner and he had to be you know straight seeming and in the sense that he wasn't like flamboyant and he was a you know a veteran as well so he's like he's respectable because you know he's not one of these you know gay people who's going to the leather bars and having anonymous gay sex with hundreds of people blah 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 yeah come on i want like a super gay president that's what yeah I want. I want like a flaming president that's what i want more than anything yeah it's yeah it's uh yeah good analysis i didn't even think about that but um yeah him sort of having to fit yeah i know because i'm yeah we haven't had no man no gay i don't think any i don't know probably someone's some gay person's run for something but our political system works a little differently so Mm -hmm. um but yeah trying to having to be like sort of the model person i mean i i sort of you know thought about that a lot like you know some you know, from was sort of one of the only people out at work, um, trying to feel like I'm fitting, like I'm some sort of, I'm, you know, a respectable, you know, queer person. That's like, um, I don't know, fits some sort of mentality that, you know, makes it the most, I think I talked about this in a very early episode. Um, but this idea of like, I, I think where that sometimes come from is like, not like, I feel like sometimes I'm like making people uncomfortable by talking about my queerness or like being trans or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, trying to like avoid that as much as it's just easier to like avoid that and i sometimes feel like i'm i'm trying to like i'm being more considerate of other people's feelings than they are like thinking about whether i'm like able to be who i am or talk about what you know my life um so yeah a really interesting comparison of like yeah the someone who fits sort of the mold of what people sort of you know find respectable or whatever yeah and uh dean just you know he just can't he can't handle it he can't handle you know having to play pretend as a monogamous gay man because it's not him and i'm sure it is who mayor pete is because mayor pete is like a friggin you know piece of white bread he is (laughs) the most like i do not want a boring gay politician i'm sorry i want that there was a gay senator he wasn't out or he was a congressman in like i think he was somewhere in illinois and like he had to um resigned because he was uh, using campaign funds for like his personal use and people would share photos of him at like gay like parties or at like palm springs and was like oh my god he's so gay and he's like doing all like the very stereotypical gay stuff but he wasn't that when he was actually in congress it wasn't until afterwards and he's he's come out since so i don't feel bad about talking about him because you know he was a democrat so it wasn't like he was i don't even know his name to be honest but he um but yeah he has since you know admitted that he you know not admitted but he has publicly made people aware that he is gay um but yeah i want the i want the freaky i I want the freaky representation not the um, model representation but i guess you know we still live in a world where you know it's it's legal to use the gay panic defense so i you know i think uh you know gay people as a whole just want everyone to be like you know, hey, look, it's normal. Like, I'm just like you instead of, um, you know, showcasing the more, uh, you know, uh, salacious parts of our community. Yeah, I just, I, you know, people should just be able to do what they want as long as you're not hurting anybody. And, you know, just be fine that that's how, you know, people want to live their life. I don't know if we'll ever get to. <laughs> yeah, I just want a really gay, you know, uh, president of the United States. Yeah, like that would be Like a first gentleman awesome. who's like, I don't know. The first gentleman can be really boring. Like yeah. can be like you know white meat, but like yeah, I don't know white meat. <laughs> you know, like Pete Buttigieg. You know, white yeah, bread. I call him white bread, but white bread, white meat. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this one, the episode reminded it made me think about the times when sort of the way that they go to Dean Pelton and they're like, "You need to be our like gay, like token, like you need to be on the board." Reminded me a lot of like when I transitioned at work, and then suddenly I was getting asked all the questions about like you know from like. HR, like, which was good that they would like come to me and be like, we want to know like what you think about this. But it's just like, I then always had to be the person who like spoke on behalf of all trans people who like, mm-hmm. you know, I was sort of the only out person at my, I, I, you know, as far as I know, I'm still the only out person at my, my work or my job. But like, you know, if 
I don't know. Anyway, I just remember like my C the CEO calling me into his office one day and I was like, I was petrified because I thought maybe I was getting fired. Although that's probably not how they fire. Like the CEO probably doesn't do most of the firing. Yeah. HR. But he called me in and then he's just like, are you okay if we put like up a gender neutral sign on like the bathroom, one of the bathrooms? And I was like, yeah, like I'm not gender neutral, but yeah, sure. Like if you want to put that up, uh, you can. Cause like if we have visitors to the office, it would be nice for them to know that there's like, you know, a gender neutral space if they would like to use it. Um, but I was like constantly just being the one who was like, well, what's your opinion on this? And I was like, I don't know. This is what I would want. But like, that doesn't mean that, you know, if you have someone who comes out next week, I, they don't have to follow my blueprint. Like, you know, don't take this as gospel, right? Like, um, but just the ways in which sometimes, because I mean, we are a small portion of the population. Sometimes you end up in these positions where you're like, you are the only trans person that sometimes mm -hmm. people know. And you end up being sort of, you know, the only representation that people see, which is why, I mean, media representation is really important, but I don't know. It just made me think about the times I've been sort of put in this, in the situation that the Dean was put in, in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As like the representation for the entire community. And, you know, it also is like how it, it shows how desperate, you know, straight people are to define queer people's sexuality. Like mm. you, like you have to yeah. be one or the other, like, it's like, you have to be straight or gay and like bisexuality is just a question mark in the middle that they don't want to want to touch like the the board members who are you know pushing um the dean to join the school board as a the gay board member um to cover up for uh the fact that the school board canceled the pride parade for a school board parade instead uh what and... was this thing was the joke that like <laughs> like gay people get to like dance and have fun all year round yeah. so they wanted a day where the school board members could like yeah. dancing that's great that's really funny yeah. yeah um and like they were just so like desperate to just put him as the gay like the gay dean like he couldn't be like the the queer or the pansexual dean he had to be all the way the opposite of what they are gay um and that's the easiest thing for them to do and they like and i think if they had you know like kim ha be like i am you know a a man who, in, I don't even know if the Dean identifies as a man, but I'm a person who enjoys, you know, not just people of the opposite gender as my romantic partners. I feel like that's good enough, but, you know, they needed a clean, easy um, identifier for him. Yeah. No, that's a really good point, too, that it's, like, all wrapped up in, like, again, their notion of, like, you know, the easiest, the thing that makes the most sense to, like, understand for people. Because I, I think about it where, too, like, when I came out, when I came out as trans, it also sort of affected, like, you know, I started to rethink about my own sexuality as well. So I feel like I identify now as pansexual because for me, it's just like I, I you know, fall in love with a person more so than, uh, and who someone is more so than um, one specific gender um but it really made me think about like my sexuality and who i was attracted to when i when i came out and so there's all these you know ways in which they they change and i also just think because straight people often just are so like in the box of like straightness is sort of one box that you can check off whereas lgbtq people there's so many different boxes and it's it's it yeah becomes tricky to like try and um and i think we've talked about this too is a lot of times like like the constant coming out that it's not just one time you come out that like you're constantly coming out um is a thing that i i i feel like cis and straight people don't always like comprehend how all of that stuff can be really complicated for queer people yeah um especially for trans people especially after you come out as trans it's like you're you have to reevaluate not only your gender but like the idea of gender in general so for a lot of trans people i think it makes them like realize oh i am attracted to more than just one sex if they were only identifying as like monosexual at the time or you know for some people it's like i know i've known trans men who they identified as lesbians but only because they were masculine and when they came out they like were like well i'm actually attracted to men but i didn't feel comfortable being with men before i transitioned because they viewed me as a woman whereas the women i was dating viewed me more masculinely yeah, no, I mean, I mean, to, to think about, I mean, when trans people come out and this, I mean, I think there's, there's obviously similarities to the way, you know, queer people live their lives one way and you perform in a certain way or you behave in a certain way, you know, based on the situation you're in. And for, but for trans people that have like, it's almost like we do that. I mean, not that every trans person is, is queer before they like, or, or, you know, uh, attracted to people of the same sex or whatever. And I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like. <laughs> trans people don't always sometimes it is their first time coming out is coming out as trans is basically what i'm trying to say uh, whereas for me and, and you we came out uh as like 
queer or gay and then came out as trans. Um, but it's like, yeah, we, we lived our life in a way because we were, I mean, for me, I was worried about like how society would view me. Um, I, I, I'm, I was very, I didn't display much femininity before I came out because, and I had a lot of like, um, like really, I, I remember I've said some pretty like things that I would not be okay with someone saying now, because when I was out as like a gay man, because, uh, I still had very like um, homophobic thoughts because I was, you know, in the way that I would be like, well, I would never date someone who was like super flamboyant or like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I'm the man of the relation, you know, or whatever. Right. Those are all like heteronormative ideas. Uh, but um, I had to like work through those too, like when I came out. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it's an interesting insight into, you know, trans you live your life one like as the way that you didn't really want to live your life as. And then when you come out, it, you start to reevaluate all the ways that you were behaving. Or was I behaving that way because uh, I, I was trans and closeted or, you know, or for some other million reasons why it could be. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, yeah. It just, it's, I think we're just kind of pointing out, you know, a, that's the thing that cis straight people never have to think about. Um, you know, you just, like society and and the media just automatically re- reinforces your um, sexuality and your gender, so you don't have to be you know constantly you know updating in your head what my sexuality might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, like for people who identify as queer, like we do, um, you know, I, I identify. I say I'm bisexual. Um, I like the term queer. I just don't identify as strictly someone who's attracted to one gender. Um, and Grace, as Grace mentioned, uh, she's identifies as pansexual. And it's good to see, it's nice to see this representation, even um, if it's never defined, like by the character in Dean Pelton. Like it's, it's, it's refreshing because we're so often dealing with, even if it's a bisexual character in a television show, they tend to have like a one, one, like a one-off with someone of the same sex. And then they're back with um, people of the opposite sex for the rest of the remainder of the show. Um, the OC, I remember, was a big offender of that. Yes. Um, or like the L word is the opposite, where they identified Alice as bisexual, but after like dating like a couple guys, it's her being only being with women, and like even like calling herself a lesbian in later seasons, which you know isn't wrong. You know, isn't a bad thing because she could have just changed her identity. Um, you know, because she realized she wasn't actually that into men. So, but uh, I think that was more writer laziness. <laughs> Well, I think we've talked about this a bit as well, is that like when there's only so much queer representation and then you start to when you see the same type of people being like when you see the same patterns happening over and over again, where like that that's the way like bisexual people are represented in TV. It's like frustrating because that is the ex- that, that will be the experience for some bisexual people that like, you know, they have a, you know, date a man and then only d- they like date women and whatever for like a long time. But that's not the experience of all um, bisexual people. So it's like it's frustrating because we, we see the same patterns. And often I think the other reason why we get so frustrated is because it's 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 not the experience. The people who are writing it, are, it's not it's not queer people. It's not a bisexual mm-hmm. person. It's for me what a straight person thinks writing is about. Like we've seen so many times where like, uh, you know, um, lesbians on TV, there's some straight guy who's like fawning over them right it's like we see that we saw that in the ellen episode like Mm -hmm. that's that's the history of friends like that happens so much um whereas if we just had more representation then we could see people portrayed in a variety of different ways uh the same way we see straight people represent uh you know shown in media so yeah yeah and i think you know um the 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 queer studies what's it called queer studies uh yeah queer yeah yeah advanced queer studies yes yeah. Queer studies. Queer okay, studies yeah. and advanced waxing. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think an episode like this, you know, um, it came out, like, it wouldn't have come out in the earlier community seasons because I think shows like Orange is the New Black, you know, they, like, you know, they kind of redefine that, you know, gender and sexuality is much more of a spectrum than, bi- than a binary. Um, and this episode didn't air until 2015 when shows like that and transparent were already, you know, showing up on streaming services. So I think it allowed them to kind of go deeper into the Dean and his sexuality as an episode. I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that? Or is that? No, I agree. I mean, we should talk about like, we can talk about early community and their portrayal of like gay people or, or the way they use it. Like 
Um, there's a there's a really famous like I mean I will see it on the internet or whatever. It's like uh, Senior Chang is sitting and, and he he yells gay, um, like gay, and he yells it. And I can't even remember what the punch like. I think that's some of the problems people have with like Chang as a character is he's another sort of controversial character. People either like you know. I feel like I don't think anybody loves him. I feel like people are like, uh, he's occasionally funny or they just do not like the character. Um, to me, that's a really good example. I've talked about this a lot of like, who are we laughing at? And I think in that moment we're supposed to laugh with him. But to me, that doesn't like, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> that we're like, yeah, the punchline is that he's calling something gay. I, I guess maybe he's supposed to be a bit, of, a bit of an idiot. He is an idiot in most of the, the, of the run of community um, until they sort of, pivot i think in this episode we watched he's like supposed to be a pretty sympathetic character in that early seasons he's he's much more of like a villain and a, yeah. a bit of an idiot so i guess maybe you're not supposed to laugh with him but the way i saw people use that um that line that quote was like i was supposed to laugh with you when you said it right like that's the way yeah. people sort of took it we talked about this we had a conversation about borat i said i asked you if you had watched borat and I and we were talking about it. And I said one of the things that you know I struggle with with Borat is I get that it's satire, but what hap- what do we do when people don't understand that it's satire? Mm-hmm. And that's like a pretty tricky like you know thing to cross because that that I mean should Borat not be made because some people like you know take the humor and like relate to it when they're not supposed to? It's like the Archie Bunker. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, like Archie Bunker, we're supposed to laugh at him, but there are people who laugh with him. So sh- should that show not have been made? I I don't I don't really know how to like answer. That's like a huge yeah. question. I don't know how to answer. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on like early community representation, that sort of stuff? So, I, when I think of like the person who's like the homophobe of, of the show, it's um, it's Pierce, mm-hmm. and Pierce is the like baby boomer played by Chevy Chase who is who says racist and homophobic and sexist things all the time and we're not supposed to be siding with him and he comes off as very unlovable very disliked everyone in the study group tolerates him at most mm-hmm. and i didn't know anyone especially like in my online or offline world who liked pierce as a character and i think a lot of us were pretty happy when he didn't return for season 5 um, like, I think yeah. me, especially, I was just, I didn't want him on the show after a while. I was like, like, I think Chevy Chase is an asshole. I think, you know, he doesn't bring much to the show. Like, he's just like, I don't even know why he was put on. Maybe they wanted the NBC was like, we need this demo. So we like this demographic. So we need to have a, a 50, 60 year old guy yeah. in the role. I, I like, do think, I think at the time of the show's like debut, Chevy Chase was probably the biggest name, even if he had been pretty far removed from like being in anything. Like I think his last big role was like probably some of his National Lampoon stuff in the late '90s. But I still do think he was the biggest name uh, heading into like into the premiere of the show, and I think that's why he was why he was cast. Um, not that that's like a great reason, but that's that is certainly I think why. Yeah, and so yeah, so and he he gets he um he will call people gay. He he thinks. The character of Jeff, who is the main lead, who is a straight man, is gay because he takes care of himself in terms of his body and his hair. So he's like very fit and he like wears, you know, very uh, stylish clothing. So he calls Jeff gay all the time. And then he calls his other character, Britta, who is a straight woman, a lesbian, because she's not, um, you know, she's she's feminine, but she's not like she's like alt feminine. You know, she like you know, wear is a little more crunchy, wears, you know, t-shirts and jeans and, you know, baggier clothing. She's not, um, you know, where you don't really ever see her showing up in a dress unless it's her trying to like make a point about yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so he calls her a lesbian as well. And like, he even has like um, speeches ready for when Britta and Jeff come out, if they would ever come out, which they wouldn't, they wouldn't cause they're straight um, ready to go, which apparently according to the characters are very, uh, supportive <laughs> yeah but yeah uh, i mean we're laughing at pierce right like we we're not we're not supposed to laugh with him i feel like for for most of the show yeah and that so like yeah so he he's he's like i would say the biggest uh you know he's he's the one doing the head cannon of uh making characters gay throughout the series yeah and he has to kind of confront his homophobia uh, along with his daddy issues in an, an episode called Advanced Gay. Uh, I think that was called just Advanced Gay. And it aired in season three. 
and basically the 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 plot of that episode was that uh gay men have started using the uh the moist towelettes that uh pierce's father's company is um and they started using them and then there was like a viral drag queen song done by shangela that uh is like I've got my pocket full of hawthorns, pocket full of hawthorns, basically implying like they use the them to like clean their um, clean themselves up after sex or something. And so Pierce goes full in for gay people because it's going to make him money. Um, and it's like the only reason he's uh, being pro gay is for his own interests. <laughs> but, yeah, that's yeah, that's season three, right? Yeah, yeah, that's season, season three. three. And then there's season two when uh, Britta makes out with another woman because she thinks she's befriending a lesbian. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I remember that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And yeah. so she, she befriends this other woman and everyone's like, oh, my God, do you know this woman, that she's a lesbian? And like Britta's like, oh, I'm friends with a lesbian. Oh, my God. Like jokingly, because Britta likes to come off as like very like woker than thou before woke was a term. Um, and they go to a Valentine's Day dance together and um, Pierce yells gay at them or lesbians at them. And they decide to start making out with each other. And the punchline is that neither of them are actually gay. And the woman who Britta befriended thought that Britta was a lesbian. And Britta thought the other woman was, one woman was a lesbian. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that, good. it's funny. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny that they're both like trying to be so woke that they think the other one is, is, is the lesbian. They're befriending the lesbian. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And, and outside of uh, those, uh, incidents i would say there wasn't much other gay things going on in the show you know not including um the dean and you know he dresses and drag a lot which is always fun because he likes to like burst into the the study room in a themed outfit and a lot of the times it was women's clothing there's a really good i think montage on youtube you can find of like every time the dean comes in in a different outfit and it's it's really good i mean the other thing we haven't talked about the dean is how much the dean likes to like shoehorn his name into a pun um, yeah <laughs> which is amazing um but his name isn't even dean his name no, is craig right he is the right. dean he's of the, the college dean. though he's very much wrapped up in his actually maybe his identity is more like i'm surprised that didn't come up that like his identity is m more about being the dean than maybe anything else um yeah he somehow it's... identifies with that like his job more than anything yeah and pe people would like they made jokes in the show that like his first you know oh his first name isn't dean like things right. like that um because no one really thinks of him other than as dean pelton yeah, Dean, I even I couldn't I would have forgot what his name was if you didn't just say it was Craig. Yeah. I only know that because I was uh reading, you know, articles about him right, before right. the episodes we started talking because <laughs> that's what I like to do. Um and I did, you know, I someone actually wrote a uh in 2016 an academic paper on community and that's like the last show I would think get would get an academic paper about sexuality written about it. I could see like someone like a film studies person doing a paper about community. But <laughs> I never expected when I like Googled Dean Pelton sexuality that this would come up. And basically, you know, the person is writing similar to what we're talking about. And that's like very refreshing to see someone who's not bogged down by labels to, um, you know, just live their life and live their sexuality. Yeah, Dean is a good example, like in terms of I don't think he ever says that he is like queer. He kind of just says like, I mean, the, the title of the paper that uh, Hudson found sent me, it's, gay doesn't even begin to cover it, which is a great line uh, mm -hmm. that uh, Dean says in the episode. But to me, the Dean and like his uncomfortableness with just identifying like using the label gay um, really like is reflective of like why I love the word queer. I know we've like talked about this a, a little bit as well of like um queer being a word that's really been like reclaimed um by the gay community um and, and for me i like it because it like i don't always need everybody to know every way in which i identify like to to tell people and labels have become less important to me as i've come out they were really important to me before um when i was like trying to figure out who i was and i would like have a label and be like okay yeah that resonates with me like that's who i am and now I just don't like I don't feel as much like I need people to always know. And that's why queer really like speaks to me because I can just, you know, if somebody's I'm talking to someone and I can, you know, identify as queer, they don't need to know. I mean, it's almost like a, a fun mystery that then that, like I'll let them try and figure it out. Like, does that mean I'm like I'm gay or bisexual or pansexual um, or do I use it because that's how I like want to identify my like transness? Like, I don't know. You figure it out. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to tell you I'm queer and then, you know the rest whatever unless i'm like you know close to you and then like you know we can talk about it but like i just like it as like this all-encompassing thing and for me as like 
trans and like and like pansexual i think it's like it's kind of embodies both so that's why i like the word um queer but but dean is like a really like great example of like queerness i think yes if if we were to select one character who encompasses the identity of queer i think i would pick the dean i can't think of anyone else who like is does that at all like i can't like no one else comes to the top of my mind who like literally has no bounds to what their sexual identity is in terms of gender and um yeah yeah i agree yeah uh yeah so should we ask should we ask the question does it hold up i i mean i think so i think it's uh really fun i mean it's not that old it's you know from 2015 so we're looking at it five years later but i think certainly it it holds up it's so fun it's the dean never i mean the fun of the episode is him trying to like figure out if he should compromise on who he is and ultimately he doesn't so i mean i i think it's lovely and fun and great and it holds up yeah i agree it definitely holds up i think this is something that you know you show to your family members who are like just pick a side like yeah (laughs) um you know that even you know a 40 something year old you know successful you know administrator doesn't pick a side you know if he doesn't pick a side why do i have to pick a side yeah 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 it's great um yeah and as uh grace alluded to earlier in the podcast this is our final episode of the season uh we are going to be taking a little break uh you know as we mentioned we're both moving and so things are going to be a little hectic for a little bit but we're going to come back um in a couple weeks to talk about well not a couple weeks next month uh to talk about something gay and something holiday themed we haven't decided on what it's going to be yet but we'd love to hear some suggestions uh so far someone has suggested the movie rent to me um oh yeah that's that's christmasy yeah um and but we are you know ears are open you can you know dm us on twitter which you know grace tends to be hanging out on there um, or you can DM our Instagram, which I tend to be more hanging out on, and just let us know what you uh, consider a gay Christmas movie. We should do or one of those holiday movie on, on Instagram where we put the bot, like you know, like how you can do like a Q and A. Yeah. What should we watch for a queer holiday special? We're yes. we're being very British. Um, we're doing eight episodes and a holiday special for our first season. <laughs> so very British, very Downton Abbey of us. Yeah, um, only, you know, if I think if we had started in like March of this year, I think, you know, we might have, you know, it'd be like 30 episodes and (laughs) maybe not a holiday special. (laughs) What I what I really like, I mean, we talked about last, I think was last week or maybe the week before about like, you know, leave us your iTunes review, send us your feedback. Like, again, for me, like I'm someone who I don't often think of like, what am I going to ask before the episode? But then when people are talking about things, I'm like, oh, this is a good point I wish they made. So send those to us, like, Mm -hmm. you know, send them to us on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever. Um, Engage with us even, you know, after listening to the episode. Um, best piece of advice I can give to you or the thing that will help us the most is tell a friend and and I think what's really nice is that this is like I love when I find something someone recommends me a podcast and it's like 10 episodes or whatever and like people don't feel like they need to like you know keep catching up with us so we'll be back in the new year but for now we've dropped eight episodes and people can kind of catch up at their leisure um and listen to them uh hopefully they're they're a bit timeless right we're looking back at them so um yeah uh check those out yeah tell a friend Tell a friend and yeah, subscribe. Uh, you know, if you leave us a good five star review anywhere, we will read it um, unless it says something, you know, inflammatory. Uh, but <laughs> so don't go writing anything controversial in those reviews. Hold. I was going to I was about to say hold uppers. I don't know what our like you know, our following is. We maybe should figure that out. But uh, our, Odd- you know, what were you going to say? Oddcasters. Yeah, our oddcasters. They're not going to they're going to say something inflammatory. I know. Certainly but you not know, with a five star review. Like, why would, I, why would I write a five star review and then write something <laughs> so mean? See, the 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 little troll in my head is like, I'll write a five star review that's really like controversial and that they have to read out loud. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that whenever a podcast says, "We'll read your five stars reviews on on the show," and I'm like, "You won't read mine if I wrote something really crazy." That's true. But I always I like when people like leave a nice review and then it's like, I really enjoyed this podcast. It's lovely to listen to three stars. Well, the, the algorithm doesn't care how many stars you get. They, they just care that you got stars at all. True. So you can leave us three stars. It'll hurt our feelings, but 
um, you know, uh, constructive feedback is also welcomed. Yeah, if you don't think we're a five-star podcast, give, let us know how we can get there. Yeah, and don't just say like, oh, it's because you didn't talk about my favorite show, because maybe we'll get to that too. This is true. I used to do a lot of, I when I ran summer camp, I used to have to do a lot of evaluations, and I always did find it annoying when people would get mad when they didn't get perfect scores. So um, if you're a realistic score and you are like, nobody, this isn't a perfect podcast, it's fine. You can leave us a less than five-star review. But it has to be with constructive criticism. Yes, and we will take it and digest it, and maybe we'll read it out loud. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've been rambling for a while now, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram with same name on both. Uh, Hold Up Podcast with one P, making us an oddcast. And I'm on Instagram, non-binary. Don't worry about spelling it. It's going to be um, in the show notes as well as on the Instagram. And Grace, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm at, uh, I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. So that's about it. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks um, in the holiday spirit. And keep, like I said, keep sending us, you know, recommendations, even even non Christmas stuff, because, you know, we have a whole new year that we got to uh, watch shows for or movies or TV shows or podcast episodes. I don't know. I'd be very People meta. suggested like artists. Someone thinks we should talk about Lady Gaga. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, be creative. Think outside the box. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Don't put a. Li- we're not putting a label on the type of recommendations that you can make for this show. Yeah. I mean, other than like, we don't want to read like, you know, queer theory from the 1970s. Uh, we won't, we won't read that and decide if it holds up or not. It, well, it doesn't. So yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> talk, talk later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>